SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Wednesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid network, I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Over these next three hours, we make you a better and more informed sports better. And we have some fun along the way to keep you an engaged sports fan. We will go through the gamut of all the sports across the landscape on this Wednesday program right here on TMA. We get you set up for Super Wild Card Weekend. The NFL postseason begins. Some news in the coaching carousel as well yesterday that we will discuss here shortly and get you a look at some of the early lines that you need to know for this weekend's matchups and what it looks like for the races for a conference championship. Of course, everybody now in the hunt for Lombardi Trophy playing at SoFi Stadium in Super Bowl 56. We'll go across the NBA as well. Around the association, if you don't know about the Memphis Grizzlies and their 10-game winning streak, you need to start paying attention to John Morant and company. We'll go around college hoops. A wild night last night on the day following the conclusion of the college football season. No more unbeatens in all of college basketball. And helping me to do all of this in this opening hour of TMA, it is my man, Joe Ranieri. You can see Joe all across the grid. You can catch us together Saturday afternoons, 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, except for this Saturday afternoon. It's 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern time on in-game live right here on Sports Grid. We will be covering the NFL postseason this weekend, Joe. We will be covering college hoops as we do quite often, and it will be a very fun time. Glad to have you here on this Wednesday on the morning after. Glad to be here, man. It is a uh, it is a great, and I mean great, time of year for the sports investor here. A lot of great opportunities to get some early edges, especially for this weekend. Some teams you may want to look at early as opposed to day of, and we'll go over all of that. But uh, I could not be happier right now. It's a good time of year, man. Let's make some money. And I am very, very happy, Joe, to have you here right now. Another Joe who is not so happy right now, that would be Joe Judge, now the former head coach of the New York Giants. After a weird ending of the season in which it seemed that Joe Judge was guaranteed to return to New York for his third straight season, John Mara yesterday saying that he is firing Joe Judge as the head coach of the New York Giants. So the Giants and Joe Judge Parting ways yesterday, Joe, a couple days after Black Monday, when we saw all of the coaching news, it was weird to see Joe Judge staying. Apparently, according to John Mara, that they met with the team over the course of 48 hours. He had two separate meetings with Joe Judge to discuss the direction of the Giants franchise, ultimately coming to the conclusion he did not like what he heard. He did not like where things were going with the Giants. Joe Judge, no longer the head coach in New York. Shocking, too, here, Ben, because yeah, I'm down in South Florida, and they were obviously miffed and completely up in arms with the Brian Flores firing the day yeah. prior. And the thing everybody kept coming back to was, why does Joe Judge still have a job, but Brian Flores is out of a job? Like, none of this makes any sense. And you know, and Giant fans will tell you in the metropolitan area, when the New York Jets are more functional than the New York Giants, it's all a dumpster fire in the uh, in the New York area with those teams. And the Giants, listen, the minute Gettleman stepped down, 
the, the ball was already rolling downhill for Joe Judge. He clearly lost the locker room uh, towards the end of the season there. His press conferences were head-scratching at the very least. It's, you know, what do you expect? You hired a guy who was a special teams coach. This should not be surprising to anybody, Ben. Yeah, very, very strange, Joe, as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the opening hour of the morning after on this Wednesday. It's Ben Stevens and Joe Ranieri here with you on this Wednesday morning. You're listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. Recapping some of the coaching news around the National Football League yesterday, the day after Black Monday, another firing across the league. The New York Giants parting ways with Joe Judge. It was interesting, Joe, as you mentioned, because John Maris said over the final two months of the season that he felt as good about the hiring of Joe Judge back in late October as he did when he was hired about two years ago. And then Joe Judge had some weird press conferences where he said some things of the sort that former Giants players who were making millions of dollars more on other NFL teams were calling to say how much they wish they were still a part of the Giants culture, potential free agents already in the locker room saying we want to stay here so badly questioning the future of Bill Belichick in New England at a certain point. Just really, really weird stuff. And then you peel that back, Joe Ranieri, and you look at just the on-field performance. 4-13 and 13 straight up this year, 6-11 and 11 against the number. The Giants are the only team in the NFL, and this is not all Joe Judge, but the last two years, certainly a factor in that. The Giants are the only team in the NFL over the course of the past five seasons to not have a winning record at any point in any season, Joe, over the last five years. It is a giant mess right now for the New York Giants. Yep. Yeah, no, it, it is. But again, you know, don't lay it all at the feet of Joe Judge because it started with right. Dave Gettle. You know, when when you have, uh, you know, the quarterback situation they had and, and Fromm is your quarterback uh, for the last couple of games, things went terribly wrong uh, for the New York Giants. And it started with Gettleman, and unfortunately it landed at the feet of Joe Judge. But uh, I'm sure, I don't know, Nick Saban's probably on the phone with him somewhere. I'm sure he'll have a job shortly. So we all know that. Nick Saban, two new offensive analysts this year, Joe Judge and Matt Nagy, making their way to Tuscaloosa to see if Alabama can get back on top to where they stand in college football. We go through the AFC playoff picture. It's up in the air right now. Stay with us here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. History in the NFL, not only the first ever week 18 to end out the regular season, but to begin the postseason, the first ever super wild card weekend. Six games, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and for the first time in NFL history, a Monday night postseason NFL football game. We break that all down right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network alongside Joe Ranieri for the opening hour of TMA. I am Ben Stevens. So, Joe, let's begin not with Monday night football, but Sunday night football. Inside Arrowhead Stadium, the number two overall seed in the AFC playoff picture, the Kansas City Chiefs, a 12-and-a-half point favorite 
against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The over-under is 46. Joe, this weekend, five of the six playoff matchups that we will see, we have already seen at least once during the regular season in a couple of divisional games on top of that. We saw Pittsburgh and Kansas City just a couple of weeks ago, week 16 of the NFL season, and KC absolutely trounced the Steelers 36-10 to inside Arrowhead. Can we expect Sunday night to look any different from just a few weeks back? Yeah, so that's the big thing. That, you know, the playoffs are a different animal here. We, we don't have the benefit as handicappers and betters to look at some of these games like we do in the regular season and go, wow, completely overinflated there, right? I mean, the value during the regular season on a lot of those over uh, overdone numbers, it's easy to point out, and that's where our attention focuses. But the playoffs, you don't have that. You have, you know, the cream of the crop. You've got teams much more evenly matched having said that let me introduce to you one of the overinflated numbers in the playoffs right now at 12 and a half so uh while it's easy during a regular season we do have and we don't often see these kinds of numbers but 12 and a half now i think what's keeping this under a couple of touchdowns ben has to do with the fact that we all know the problem the chiefs have in covering uh, against some of these big numbers here. And while many aspects, you look at the Steelers team and go, listen, we just watched this, like you said, what was it, 36 to 10, and, and it really wasn't yeah. even that close. Playoffs are, are a different, uh, they're a different beast. And so I do think it's more, uh, the Steelers are more than capable of keeping this within the number. And don't forget what the Steelers did after they got routed by the Chiefs there. They went out and had a pretty good uh, run to, to find themselves in the playoffs here. So, listen, um, the mystique of Big Ben in the playoffs, he got extra life. I don't think the Steelers are going to go uh, out on a whimper. I think they're going to give the Chiefs and that defense, which I think has regressed just a hair. Uh, Najee Harris running the ball like an absolute train. So, I uh, I think the Steelers, if they play keep away and they can they have success running the ball, they can absolutely keep it within 12 and a half of this game. Yeah, that first matchup inside Arrowhead was really a story of both team seasons at that point. It capped off an eight-game winning streak for the Chiefs, a six-game cover streak as KC covered as a double-digit 10-point favorite in that matchup, winning 36-10 to against Pittsburgh just three weekends ago in week number 16 of the regular season. It was also the same story we had seen out of the Steelers to that point. They got blown out. In the first half, they were shut out, in fact, in the first half with KC winning the first 30 minutes, 25 to nothing to hold a 25 point lead at the halftime break. Now, Pittsburgh has the second worst scoring offense in the first half this year, averaging less than a touchdown per game. KC nearly 15 points per game in the first 30 minutes. That is the third best scoring offense in the first half. As Joe mentioned, Kansas City, as they were last year and this year, a favorite in every single game also those 36 points that KC scored against the Steelers a couple of weeks back part of a five-week stretch for Kansas City where they went over in their final five games averaging more than 35 points per game over the last five so if Pittsburgh is going to keep it close that defense that willed Pittsburgh to the postseason and the Pittsburgh Steelers winning outright as an underdog in their final two games of the year 
that will be what keeps Pittsburgh down. And Joe, what's so interesting here on the FanDuel Sportsbook is not only are we going to have props for each individual matchup or maybe even for the weekend in general, we'll have props throughout the postseason, including passing yards props across the FanDuel Sportsbook. And Patrick Mahomes right now is the favorite with the shortest price to have the most passing yards in all of the playoffs at plus 250. Tom Brady only a dollar behind at plus 350. You see Aaron Rodgers there, the fourth shortest odds at plus 650. And then Josh Allen, third shortest at plus 600. Joe, what's fascinating about these markets is I think you can correlate them to how things look in the conference championship market and then just on an individual weekend basis. The reason Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady probably have better odds than Aaron Rodgers is because Aaron's going to play one less game as it stands right now, at Mm -hmm. least if these teams get to where they want to go. So it's a fascinating market and a way to find some good plus money on some of your favorite players across the NFL. Which, uh, which of those quarterbacks there? You got Mahomes, Brady, right? Allen at the very top. Which one has the best running game? Uh, which, which one is going to be playing in all likelihood, probably having to play from behind in certain situations. I think when you drill those odds down, uh, even further, I mean, Stafford, uh, you know, Burrow, are the uh, are the Bengals going to be able to uh, do it uh, by running the ball with uh, Mixon? Or is it going to have to eventually come down to Burrow and his arm to get the job done throughout the playoffs? So there's a lot of – it's a great benchmark there to kind of look at and say, hey, uh, now let's look a little further here. Who in all likelihood is going to have to throw the ball a lot in order to win and advance. And there's a couple of names on that board that are certainly at pretty decent odds that you got to keep an eye on. Absolutely so. And then when you look at some of those prices there, you'll see guys like Joe Burrow and Derek Carr, both of those quarterbacks making their first ever playoff start. In fact, Cincinnati has not won a playoff game, Joe Ranieri, since 1991. And when you look right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, we have seen odds movement in every game except for one, a game we will discuss later on in this mm-hmm. opening hour, the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. But the most line movement by far that we have seen is in the first game of the playoffs, Super Wild Card Weekend, the opener on Saturday afternoon. The Cincinnati Bengals, a five-and-a-half-point home favorite right now against the Las Vegas Raiders. Joe, this line opened up at six-and-a-half in favor of the Bengals. Yesterday, started to trick, 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 trick down. It was the Raiders as only a four-and-a-half-point underdog. Now up by another point, Cincinnati laying five-and-a-half. This much line movement, Joe Ranieri, this early on, what do you make of it? Yeah, well, I make of it is that why would the Bengals be close to a touchdown favorite over anybody? Exactly the the coach of the Bengals there. What what is his record as a three and a half or three point favorite or better, guys? I mean, give me this is kind of uncharted territory. Now, granted, mm. uh, it's interesting because we saw this matchup right this year. We saw what that looked like. What was it? Thirty two to thirteen. Uh, it was all Bengals. And keep in mind, the Raiders were a two point. Uh, underdog, I think, in that game there. So I get it, you know, in Cincinnati, but I forget the side in that. I would have leaned the Raiders in the points because until the Bengals prove otherwise, they should not be anywhere over a three-point favorite against anybody. Uh, but I think the total is very intriguing here, especially mm-hmm. given what we know about the anticipated weather in this matchup, which is going to be, you know, in the 20s, snow, uh, it's going to uh, it's going to be windy. These types of games always lead 
to less scoring. And I think the the edge is in that number, in the total, because I don't anticipate there being an awful lot of scoring in this game here, especially given the fact that the Raiders outside of that, that was an aberration, that, that last game against the Chargers. They were only averaging about 18 points in the last five games of the yep. season. They were not blowing teams up. They were doing it with good defense. So, to me, give me the under in this matchup. I think that's where the value lies. I think that's pretty spot on there, Joe, because the total is ticked up by already half a point right now. But the Raiders, prior to the Sunday night finale against the Chargers, averaging just 16 points per game in their last five. We switch it up. We go basketball next here on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. NBA time right here, right now on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens with Joe Ranieri for the opening hour of TMA. And then we'll bring you till noon Eastern time right here on the grid. So, Joe, right now in the NBA, there's no hotter team than the young Memphis Grizzlies right now out of Grind City. Ten straight wins for John Morant and company capped off last night to extend the winning streak to ten games with a 116-108 home victory against one of the NBA's best in the Golden State Warriors. The Memphis Grizzlies winning last night not only to extend this win streak to 10 straight, but they have also won last night outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and they have covered in seven straight games, Joe Ranieri. The Memphis Grizzlies are a fascinating side to me as it stands in the Western Conference, and especially on what they are doing right now, led by Ja Morant yet again, 10 straight wins for Memphis. It's uh, it's a fascinating turnaround because, you know, we're talking about a team here this year that started off 9-10 and 10 straight up. They were putrid. I mean, I think they were right around 29 or 30th in the NBA in defensive efficiency. They were inconsistent on offense, right? I mean, you had – they were all over the map. And then all of a sudden, beginning on November 28th, you know, they, they changed. And it believe it or not, changed right around the time that John Morant got, uh, got, had to sit down yeah. there for a little while. And then they started winning these games. Since November 28th, we're talking 20-4 and four straight up. We're talking 18-6 and six against the number. Uh, this is absurd uh, when you think about it. I mean, red hot doesn't do it justification. But it all starts, not because of the offense, because of what they have been able to do defensively turning it around you look at that box score last night guys they have this was a game going into the fourth last night against golden state in which golden state was ahead and then all of a sudden the fourth quarter came and they clamped down they held golden state steph curry clay thompson wiggins all of them held them to 18 points 18 yeah. points in the fourth quarter which is the reason why they won that they forced turnovers they're getting second chance points. They're getting rebounds. They're out rebound. It's uh, it's quite fascinating. Now, what happens when the turnovers stop and you know everything tends to come back to the middle here at some particular point? And when they do, I, I think we'll learn a little bit more about this Memphis squad for the long haul. But in the meantime, they are an absolute bet on team, guys. The fact that they were at home 
as a dog tells you yeah. what the market thought of this uh, possible mirage with the Memphis Grizzlies. No mirage. They're here to stay. Uh, and I would anticipate the market moving forward now after that, uh, after beating Golden State, will reflect that. Yeah, here comes the public money. They are, you're going to, very hard to get them at plus two in any situation at home as a dog moving forward here, Ben. Yeah, Joe, and you bring up a great point because I've been monitoring the Memphis Grizzlies really since the end of November when they were doing a lot of their initial winning this season without Ja Morant. And then Ja came back. They lost a couple straight. He got booed at home, which was just absolutely asinine. But then since then, they have won 10 straight games. And on this 10-game winning streak, they have covered in seven straight in nine of their last 10. And Joe mentioned them as an underdog this year, the third best ATS record as a dog in the NBA, 14 and six in the market. Better catch up, Joe, because you're not only cashing with them taking the points, but on the money line as well with a straight up winner. They have won outright in their last five games, booked as an underdog. A lot of those happening on this 10 game winning streak right now. So Memphis, 29 and 14, the fourth best record in the Western Conference. Also, the second best record against the number overall in the NBA, 28 and 15. And last night, John Morant on full display, a game high 29 points, nine assists, five boards. On the other side, Stephen Curry, a triple-double, 27 points, 10 boards, 10 assists for the Golden State Warriors in a losing effort. But a huge win for the Memphis Grizzlies last night. Now 10 straight, and they have covered in seven straight. And to echo Joe's point there, if you're booked as an underdog with the Memphis Grizzlies and you see that line moving forward, which I'm not sure you will, it's a great time to bet on them because they have won outright in their last five as an underdog as well. So Golden State goes down on the road last night. The Phoenix Suns also on the road in an empty arena up in the Great White North. And the Suns hang on for a 99-95 victory last night. So because of Golden State's loss, Phoenix now holds the best record by themselves in the NBA, 31-9 straight up. The line was around four early in the day in, in favor of the Suns, the road team last night, closed around four and a half, five. So based on that little bit of late line movement, if that's when you got the Suns, they did not cover. But it snapped a six-game win streak, though, for the Toronto Raptors, the Phoenix Suns holding on for a road victory, a team certainly you need to be paying attention to around the association. I'm not even quite sure how they managed to pull this out. Uh, and I'll tell you what, experience. Uh, that's why. Down the stretch, they made the buckets and got the stops they needed to in the final three minutes of that game to hold off Toronto. But when you look at the numbers that you dig in here, uh, Phoenix allowed Toronto 15 more field goal attempts in the game. They also, the Toronto Raptors grabbed uh, 22 offensive rebounds in that game 20 turnovers for the phoenix suns in that game last night and they still managed to get a four-point win on the road in an empty stadium there in toronto at the at the scotia bank arena there but I, listen booker wasn't good uh jay crowder seemed to get his uh you know his his legs back under him keep in mind uh the full complement of guys they came back, uh, the first game was against Miami. That didn't work out well for Phoenix, did it? And then this is, it's going to be a process, and it's going to be something you have to monitor when these big-name players go yeah. out for an extended period of time. They're on the COVID protocol, and then all of a sudden they come back, and the market overreacts and says, okay, everyone's back. Like, eh, it's going to take 
a game or two, guys. So, uh, to me, one of the angles that I'm looking at is if a team is getting back its star player or players after an, uh, after an absence there um, because they're in the health and safety protocols, yeah, that first game back, I'm going the other way. I don't care who it is. I'm going the other way because it certainly has shown they need a game or two to get their legs back under them. Great win, but they stole one against Toronto last night, given yeah. the uh, the numbers and how that game played out. Yeah, and you need to handicap that from that perspective throughout the NBA this season as we continue to see all of these things wrapped up into one for any NBA basketball game. So Toronto loses last night, snapping a six-game winning streak, but they do cover as a four-and-a-half, five-point home underdog. They have covered in seven of their last eight games. And an interesting trend as well for Toronto, last night's total, of course, when you finish with a final score of 99-95, went under of a total of 222 after 10 straight mm -hmm. overs for the Toronto Raptors. Now yep. two straight unders for Toronto. As we continue to move across the NBA, an interesting game last night, Joe, a very low scoring affair between the LA Clippers and the Denver Nuggets, the Clippers winning 87-85. But what is so interesting about this game, because two of these teams expected to be a part of the race in the Western Conference all year long, but Injury issues continue to add up for both sides. Of course, the LA Clippers right now playing without Kawhi Leonard as they have been all year and will still be without Paul George for quite some time. On the other side for the Nuggets, no Jamal Murray yet this year who injured his knee late last season and then Michael Porter Jr. out. So it's been Nikola Jokic carrying it on one side for Denver. The Clippers finding their way Pish posh and things together on the other side, and it worked last night. 87-85, two straight wins for the Clips, two straight outright wins as an underdog, Joe Ranieri. Yeah, let's let's think about this for a second here. 87-85, um, it's like a page out of uh, 1989 New York Knicks NBA basketball, like the first one to 85 wins. Uh, unbelievable game, but... Uh, the Denver Nuggets continue to have a depth problem. And this has yeah. always been the problem with them this year. Until they can get their full complement back, it's going to remain a problem because I don't think uh, Will Barton was questionable before the start of that game. He did not end up playing. And the problem is once Jokic gets off the court and as the game grows longer, they have nobody. They have no bench. They have no depth whatsoever. They allowed the Clippers after a 28-point first half, and 28, the lowest that we have seen from the Clippers in a very, very long time. It was absolutely bonkers that they went into the half with just 28 points, but they did, Wild. and they made a 25-point comeback. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you the Clippers had more energy towards the end of the game, and uh, certainly uh, the Nuggets, like they often do with Jokic, uh, who played, what, 36 minutes again last night? They start to wilt as the game gets longer. The Denver Nuggets, to me, are strictly a team you bet in the first half. You want to back the Nuggets, you like them in a game, you back them in the first half because those depth issues will continue to rear their ugly heads in the second half of games for the Denver Nuggets. And the interesting thing about the Clippers, because of the injuries of their star players, they've been booked as an underdog in nine of their last mm -hmm. 10 games, five and four against the spread in those nine games as a dog, winning four of the five outright as they have in two straight. So, of course, as Joe mentioned, 
a game that finishes 87-85, like a game fresh out of the NBA in 1977, stays under even a small total of 213. The Clippers have gone under in three of their last four. Denver has gone under in two straight, four of their last five, eight of their last 10. And you saw those Western Conference odds, both teams right now at 12 to 1. More movement against the Clippers, who opened the year tied for the second shortest odds to win the West at plus 550, over $6 of movement against Los Angeles. Back to the NFL postseason on the other side of the break here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM, Channel 159 and all across the SportsGrid network alongside Joe Ranieri for the opening hour of TMA on this Wednesday. I am Ben Stevens. So we've gone through the AFC. We hit the NBA. Now back to the NFC side of things for the postseason picture. And Joe, we're going to do this actually in reverse order. We are going to start with history in the NFL, the first ever Monday night football game in the postseason, and it is a divisional duel. The third meeting this year between the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. As we mentioned, Joe, when we were discussing the AFC postseason picture, five of the six matchups this weekend feature a matchup we have already seen at least once during the regular season. Two divisional foes facing each other as well. Four in total in this one out of the NFC West. The LA Rams and the Arizona Cardinals in Los Angeles on Monday night. And right now the Rams a four and a half point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals. The over under for this game stands at 49 and a half. So as we look at this here between the Rams and the Cardinals, we have a matchup, Joe, that we have seen twice and it was a split in the season series we had the rams respond late on a monday night in arizona to really flip things on its head in the nfc west but the first meeting early in the regular season arizona looked like the much more dominant sign what can we expect for round three between these nfc west divisional opponents so i i don't often handicap based upon trends um you know, I know a lot of guys that are very successful at doing it. It's part of the process, but it certainly uh, isn't everything. But there is a trend in this game uh, that cannot be ignored. And it talks about when we have division teams facing off in the playoffs for a third time, right? When we have that, the dog is 6-0 and against the number since 2015. Wow. 64%. In fact, keep in mind that Arizona now, this year, with Cliff Kingsbury, as a dog, it happened six times. They went into a game getting points. They are not only 6-0 and against the number, they are 6-0 and straight up in those games. The problem with the Arizona Cardinals this year has been their games at home. It has not been their games on the road. They are road warriors with Cliff Kingsbury here, given what we have seen. From, uh, from Matt Stafford and the up-and-down nature of what's going on here, uh, throwing in this kind of trend here right now where when we get a team meeting for the third time, divisional matchup, whoever the underdog is, 
absolute money, guys, in the playoffs since 2015. That's enough to get me up and over. Give me the points and sprinkle a little something on the Arizona Cardinals, guys, on the money line as well to make it 7-0 and as a dog this year. And I said it was at four and a half. It opened at four and a half. In fact, it has worked slightly in favor of Arizona. Now just a four-point spread that the Rams are laying at home on Monday night. And Joe is spot on right there. You might be looking at this and thinking to yourself, ooh, an opening round playoff matchup on the road against a familiar foe that knows you very well and you're getting points, probably not going to win that football game. But if you're the Arizona Cardinals, this might be the exact spot you want to be in because as Joe said 6-0 and straight up and against the spread as an underdog this year and on the road 8-1 and straight up and against the spread so far this season away from Arizona so a road underdog is a wonderful grouping for the Cardinals so far this year so we've seen these two matchups back in week number four Arizona beat the Rams at home or actually on the road, excuse me, like they did, 37-20 to 20 inside. So far, they won that game as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. A couple of weeks back on Monday night, it was the Rams in Arizona winning that football game 30-23. to 23. And we have seen a lot of offense on display, Joe, in these two matchups so far this year. Both totals booked higher than this one at 49-and-a-half, and both of those going over so as you look at this game and you look at the 49 and a hook do you think if Arizona push it or at least can try to stay in this game to cover that number or even the sprinkle on the money line looks pretty good for the dog then it leads us to a third straight over of the three matchups we have seen so far this year between the Cardinals and the Rams yeah, there's only one way I could look I like the side I like getting those four four and a half points better but there's only one way I could look at this total. It's going to be a shootout, um, and that's just going to come down to it. It's going to be Kyler Murray versus, um, you know, versus Matt Stafford, and how healthy will Matt Stafford be? Uh, there's just uh, I continue to watch this guy throughout the season, and and we did a lot of his games on on in game live. Uh, me and Gabe Morenci watching him this year in those four o'clock starts and. It just, he goes through these lulls in these games where he's one hop in. He continues to get smashed uh, over and over and over again in these games. And I feel like he's one hit away from, all right, uh, Matt Stafford's not coming back in this game. Don't trust him enough. I do think, of course, that uh, both teams, they're going to have to outscore one another. I think it's going to be a shootout of epic proportions. I think it's going to be fun. The only way I could look is over, but I think the bigger edge is backing the underdog Cardinals in this one more than a field goal. Matthew Stafford has thrown for at least 280 yards in each of the two matchups against Arizona. Probably the thing that stands out most from a stat perspective, back in that opening meeting, week number four of the NFL season, it was the lowest receiving yards total for Cooper Cup all year. Mm -hmm. Only five grabs for 64 yards. Yep. That's not like Cooper mm -hmm. at all. So maybe he bounces back in a big game against the Cardinals. So that total, 49 and a half. The second heart highest of this entire NFL Super Wild Card weekend. The largest total, the 50 and a hook for the Cowboys and the Niners in Dallas on Sunday. The only matchup out of the six this weekend, Joe, that does not feature two teams mm -hmm. that have already played once this weekend in a very short spread accordingly so the Cowboys a three-point home favorite the over under 
50 and a half. It is also not just the only matchup that features two opponents playing each other for the first time. It is the only matchup right now on FanDuel. We haven't seen any line movement in either the spread or the total. It opened at Cowboys minus three on FanDuel. It is still Dallas laying three. The over-under opened at 50 and a hook. It is still a total of 50 and a hook for Sunday in the star, Gerbinary, between the Cowboys and the Niners. Um, yeah, I, this is one of those games where I don't think uh, you need to be in a rush here, certainly. If, you're, if you like the 49ers, wait. We know Dallas is America's team. As we get a little bit closer here, Ben, towards a kickoff, that public money will come in. Will it be enough uh, to get that hook and make that available for us? Uh, I think you, you can wait and see. I don't know uh, that it's going to go the other way before then. I don't know we're going to see enough 49er money to all of a sudden push this back down under a field goal. But I would wait and see. I think the, the better odds are that Dallas, that money, that public support, America's team, you name it, at home. Uh, and you know how ridiculous Cowboy fans uh, like Notre Dame fans. Uh, it just absolutely bonkers. They're everywhere like a bad rash. You can't get rid of them. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and take, though, and wait on this side on this. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring, to be completely honest. I think yeah. both defenses possess the ability to wreak havoc in the backfield and to get those quarterbacks off the mark. And Dak Prescott, uh, I do think that he's going to be in for a long day. He is not going to be able to just sit back there and pick uh, pick that secondary apart. I think he's going to be running a lot. I think they're going to blitz him a lot. I think the running game of San Francisco is the big neutralizer. So the biggest edge to me in this game is the under uh, in this matchup here. Do not expect a shootout with these two defenses, uh, but I would wait for the hook if you are looking to back the 49ers. Yeah, last last week, Joe, the Niners going over in their regular season finale against the Rams. But before that, four straight unders. The Cowboys went over in two of their final three games against divisional opponents, but they scored 50 or more in each of those. They've gone under in four of their last six, and they only scored in the 20s in those four unders. I think this total is a little bit lofty for what I agree Two good defenses. They bend often, but they might not break as it comes to giving up points. So 50 and a half, the highest total of the weekend. The Cowboys, the best against the spread record in all of the NFL this year. 13 and four ATS, 10 and three against the number as a favorite. The Niners have only been a dog three times this year, all against divisional foes. Once early on against Arizona, and then in both matchups against the LA Rams, against the Rams, they covered and won outright in both of those games as a dog. The next game I want to discuss, Joe, in the NFC is an interesting spread. Sure, it's the reigning Super Bowl champions and the reigning NFC champs as well in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home where they are very comfortable, but lay an eight and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. The second biggest spread of the weekend. Is it too many points, Joe, in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, Let me, no, not even close. (laughs) Um, It should be way more points here, guys. Uh, The reality is, listen, the Philadelphia Eagles made a nice little run here, right? Especially at the end of the season. They finally figured out, picked uh, picked an identity, uh, running the football there, playing some good defense, getting it going. We did see the Bucs beat them. I think, what was it, 28-22 on that 
short week there with Tom Brady and company. Mm -hmm. They ended up winning, uh, I think it was a Thursday nighter week six. They were a six and a half point uh, road favorite, I think, in that one is what uh, Tampa was. And uh, when you look at the numbers, though, it was pure domination by the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, it was kind of crazy, 399 to 213. Uh, Jalen Hurts in many uh, of those situations by uh, Todd Bowles in the defense looked kind of lost, didn't know where he was going, what he was doing. Should I run? Should I pass? I don't know. He was running for his life in that game. So even though the score was close, the numbers weren't, uh, not even. It was a dominating game by the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I think you also have to look at strength of schedule. In the, when we begin the playoffs here, guys, you have to look, how did these teams get here? Who did they beat? And how did they find themselves in this spot? And when you look at the Eagles, guys, versus the Tampa Bay Bucks and the strength of schedule, it's not even close. The Eagles played the sister of the blind this year and managed to be able to win enough games to get into the playoffs, which is nice. It's great. But that is no match for the Super Bowl champions and about what they are about to walk into here in Tampa. So I think the eight and a half is right where it should be. Um, I think the Tampa Bay Bucks are a perfect teaser situation here. Tease them down to two and a half. Uh, they will have no problem beating the Philadelphia Eagles in this second matchup at all. Give me Tampa all day long here. Joe, it's the first time Philly has been an outright underdog since October 24th, the biggest spread working yeah. against the Eagles all year long. The Bucks, a very familiar position as a favorite, booked as a favorite in every single game this year, a favorite of eight and a half points or more in 11 of the 17 regular season games. And Tampa at home, seven and one straight up this year, six and two against the number, covering by nearly six points per game. So Philly does have their work cut out for them this weekend if they want to cover and maybe even pull off the upset against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs have some injury issues. How will that play a part across that offense? We shall see on Sunday. Three games on Sunday. Two to get us started in Super Wild Card Weekend on Saturday and Monday Night Football featuring a couple of wild card teams. We hear from you next in Fade the Public. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Super wild card weekend in the NFL is just a few days away. It gets started with a doubleheader on Saturday. And as we round out our number one of this Wednesday edition of the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159, we want to ask you about the underdogs. Which wild card team, specifically in the NFC, could make the deepest postseason run? So we hear your thoughts right now in Fade the Public. Joe Ranieri has been alongside all of this opening hour on this Wednesday morning on TMA. So we get his thoughts on your thoughts before he departs us here on this Wednesday. Joe, the question was simple. Which NFC wildcard team makes the deepest postseason run this year? Will it be the Cardinals, the 49ers, or the Philadelphia Eagles? In that seating order, the public goes 
with the Niners. Nearly 58% of the public of this active and ongoing poll at SportsGrid TV on Twitter saying the Niners have the best chance of making the deepest run in the playoffs. Nearly 58%. Jurinari, are you fading the public? I am. Uh, I love the public. You guys know that. You make me a lot of money during the season. Mostly fading you, but still, you make a lot of money for us over the regular season, Ben Stevens. And I'm telling you right now, the public, rule number one, they are not always wrong. And I don't think they're wrong here at all. I think they can handle the Cowboys. I think yep. they will handle the Cowboys. And I think uh, the 49ers heading into this weekend are the one team nobody really wants to play here so uh i like them i think they've got the best shot depending on of course the health of jimmy g but maybe who knows it could become a new era in san francisco quickly if jimmy g gets hurt i agree with the public yeah. way to go public i'm with you joe you mean a new era if jimmy g gets hurt because debo samuel just plays running back wide receiver and quarterback all wrapped correct. in one yes that correct. makes a exactly. ton of sense joe and yes, ari and i will be with yes. you on saturday for the start of the nfl postseason here on in game live 4 to 8 p.m eastern joe until then have a great one more of the morning after